It's The Coaching Life, episode 163. 163. Yeah, that's correct. Is that counting counting our mini episodes as an episode? Yes. Well, it counts every episode that has a, uh, a number attached to it, like episode number... Yeah. You know, 13, 14, 15. And I think, I think we did attach numbers to those. However, we also did a number of what we called bonus episodes mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the day. And uh, like where we had a, you know, an extra one during the week. And we did not include those in the numbers. So I think if you actually, like if you took the, uh, the analytics from Spotify we actually might have like 164, 165 episodes, something like that. So, gotcha. Yeah, build them up, build them up. Yeah. So, uh, what? Tell us where you are today. Are you building? Uh, are you adding on a room there, or what, looks like you have? <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, ground zero or headquarters for uh, NBA 2K. Oh what? boy. K4, whatever. <laughs> And Madden, and this you, is, are, this you're, is a, you're creating I'm an esports studio. <laughs> no, I'm creating an esports uh, student. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of your boys, at least, is probably going to be a script student here uh, if they ever go yeah. visit that esports facility that we have over in Scripps Hall. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I want. Can you? Is uh, is that something you you have to make? Can you minor in esports? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not even sure. Is is there an esports major? Is there a major, or is I it? So. Oh, maybe. I, I I really don't know. I mean, I, I just work uh, here. No. Yeah, maybe I, not. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, that, because some of our programs are certificates. You know what I'm saying? Like we, podcasting is a certificate, yeah. and social media is a certificate, and we have so many. In addition to the schools, we have so many centers, like WOUB is a center that gets, you know, where students get experiential learning. The Grid Lab is also a center, which is the yeah. virtual, you know, gaming design uh, 360 stuff. And I don't know. That's not my forte, as, as you know. <laughs> so that's not me. I don't dabble in the video game department. But it's pretty popular. Well, I'm confident in my ability to... Uh, teach my kids how to play the game of baseball. However, I'm much more confident in their gaming ability than their baseball. Playing abilities. baseball on a game. Do they play baseball video games? Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. baseball. So it's not just uh, the uh, what do they what do they call the Soccer, one? I, think I actually used to enjoy hockey back in the uh, Atari days. Was it Atari or uh, it, it probably would have been the first Nintendo, the 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 cartridge that you had to you had to put. You had to put it in and then push it down, and then if it didn't connect, you'd take it out and you that's, blow that's, it. And yeah, was that a Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo Entertainment yeah. System. That, and I feel like there was a ice hockey. Yeah, there was a hockey game that was really fun. So you had the the tall, skinny guy, the medium guy, and then the short, fat guy. Yeah, and I, I yeah. It, so they would like if they would get in fights, scuffles. The the short fat guy would always beat the other guys, but you know the fast, the tall guys real fast, the medium guys kind of got everybody. Or all the he's like the you know he's not real fast, but he's pretty strong, and he's not real slow, but he's you know not well, that weak. I, I admit I don't remember that much detail. <laughs> That's you obviously. <laughs> the I do remember detail of the old RBI baseball game though. 
because when oh, I was in, yeah. when I was in college, we had we had RBI baseball tournaments in our dorm in our dorm. And now was that the was that RBI one just with the big the, the little players? the little fat stubbly guys that yep, yep, that yep, yep, that's RBI hit it and then they they'd run real fast around. Well, if you had yeah, really if you had Harold RBI Baines, too. what's that? You probably never played two, I did you? Were the people bigger? They actually looked like people no, instead no, no. of. They were skinnier, and uh, they're all the same. It was more like a. It, it looked more. It looked more realistic, but it wasn't. But it was the first baseball game that I know that you could actually dive across the okay. ground or jump at the ceiling, jump at the wall, and rob a home run. Okay. Pretty cool stuff. Well, we yeah. had we had a rule in our college RBI baseball tournaments. And that was it. it they were straight pitch tournaments. You know, kids no curveballs. No curveballs. Yeah, they don't do that now. I, I'm always like, why are, why are you guys trying to strike each other out? And they, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty tough it's to hit. Game is competitive now, man. I don't think you'd last. Well, I mean, it was competitive with the straight pitch too, but I, I guess it depended. That, de- <laughs> that was more, that was more, uh, if you got the, if you got the right team, you were going to be pretty good. Because yeah, you had a home run hitting team, and you didn't you didn't care what pitcher you used, right? So. Yeah, yeah, it's not really like that anymore. Okay. Plus, you can play online against other players now, so it's yeah, it's really competitive. You know, there's no there's no uh, handshake agreements like that before the game starts. It's cutthroat. You're trying to beat the guy, get another win. So. Are they playing for money? Are your kids playing for money? Not that I know of. <laughs> okay. But, Definitely won't uh, say it's impossible. Did you do a Super Bowl uh, board fundraiser this year for your uh, baseball team or anything? I've never, I've never done one of those. Our junior high baseball team did one of those. Um, I, 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 and I've done them in the past for other, for other, th- other things. But uh, yeah, that they seem to be pretty good. They, they do pretty well. Yeah. I mean, you have to give, you have to give away a decent amount every quarter, also. But I think the, the final score gets the most. But Depending on how you set it up, you can set it up any number of ways. Yeah, I'm actually looking for a coach for two junior high baseball teams right now. Eighth grade team, a seventh grade team. So if anyone out there you don't have a this, coach for either one, don't have don't have one. Though. You got Something any former players like, really that like, any former players that are that are still that ha, that would have the time? Like maybe they're in college and and you have they'd be able to help you out. I mean that's. It's difficult because of the, the same law scheduling is is kind of weird. They start games at like five o'clock, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so you got to be there. Yeah, that's why and, I said like if they would have to be, you know, college students or someone who doesn't yeah. have a job <laughs> yet. I mean, I haven't, I haven't reached out to I haven't reached out to everyone on the list, but uh, yeah, not getting too many inquiries. That's for sure. So I'd, I'd like to find actually like to find someone that could that, you know kind of run the program and build it up, you know, take it on as their own. And, and, That's uh, really tough to find. I mean, oh, yeah, it would be great. Sure. I hear you. It, but it's, you know, nobody aspires. Well, it's, I shouldn't say nobody. It's it's not an aspiring, glorifying job to be a junior high coach of any sport, really. I mean, it really isn't. You know, you're doing it right now. I do, but let me tell you this. I mean, there is, it's fulfilling. Like, if you enjoy coaching, then you're going to like it no matter what. You don't care what age it is. I guess some people I care what exactly age it is. I know exactly what you're saying. But you know what I'm saying? Why, like, I, yeah, I do. This is what, what I'm about to say is why it, 
one of the reasons I I love this guy so much, um, Coach Tim Saunders, who coached a long time at Dublin Kaufman. Yeah, Coach the Megs. Coach the Megs for a few years. Yeah. Went to, ended up at Dublin Kaufman. Actually, went I think he went to in the went to Indiana University. It was assistant coach for a while. Then went to Double Kaufman. Uh, he's in the you know the, the, the state and the, the the National Hall of Fame for high school baseball coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, he is coaching junior. I. Yeah, I'm talking to him. Oh, he's doing that right now. Yes, he, he was doing that before. So he went to Jerome, uh, Double and Jerome for a season. Oh, did he? Get things kind of together, help them out, and um, he, he was telling me he's, he's planning on going back to junior. He really loves yeah. the way that that age group listens to him and you know mm-hmm. are, are eager to learn and things like that. So there's you know there's a, what a great example we have. Yeah. Uh, for as a society, you know, an individual that has accomplished so much, you know, is is held in such high regard by so many great coaches, and he chooses now, you know, uh, to, to, to coach a junior high team so that he can, he can share his knowledge. With yeah. To go to a kids. level that really, you know, you're not, you're not going to get a lot of recognition for it. And that's why. Sure, and, and right. So if that's why you do it, then you're not going to, you're not going to do it. But yeah, right. Oh yeah, sure. Right. Um, but, but yeah, try to, it's, try to get coach Saunders on. Yeah, we should one day for sure. See if we can get him on air. Yeah. He and I had the opportunity. I, the last time I saw him was, it was actually at Dublin Jerome, but it wasn't for any Dublin Jerome event. It was the, um, the uh, what do they call the, uh, the, the Central Ohio, C-O-Y-B-L, Central, oh, yeah, Central yeah. Ohio Youth Baseball League. It was, their, yeah. it was their annual preseason coaches meeting. And, of course, that's a huge league. I mean, we're talking about it covers – a, a large portion of our state. I mean, it's not just Central yeah. Ohio. There are teams from down here that, that go up and play. Yeah. And so they have, they always have their meeting at, at one of those larger schools in their auditorium and they always have guest speakers. And it was right after I had written building champions. And, uh, he said, you know, the guy, uh, Doug Hare, I think is, is who the guy was. I think that am I saying, is that last name? Right. I think that's, I think that's right. I think he was the director may still be, I don't know. Um, is, is, is that does that name sound right? It sounds very familiar. I think and that's I'm it. If he ran some tournaments or he, uh, he well, was yeah, they run tournaments. Yeah, talking. yeah, they run. No, turn- it is him because Berliner. we reached out. We reached out to Doug, um, or Doug reached out. Oh, and we were talking about, about yes when we were talking because I don't know if he listened to the podcast or if we if if if, if uh, I sent an email up there and asked him to, to distribute it and and he was curious he he was curious about the podcast wanting to listen because you know we had. We were saying some things about how leagues and organizations needed to have an overhaul, and and I think yes. you know when you're a president of a league or an organization that could that could offend you at first thought, right? At first at first glance, and uh, and I said just give it give it a listen, give these first seven episodes a listen, and and let us know if you're not on the same page. And he was, and right. and so uh, he invited me to come up and basically talk about talk about my book because he had he had. Uh, I think he'd maybe read it or he, you know, at least glanced through it and saw that, you know, what the chapters were about and how relevant it would be to all of his, you know, the, the, the coaches in that organization. 
And so I, I had 15 minutes, and the speaker right before me was Tim Saunders. He had 15 minutes as well. Oh, great. And, and then yeah. they did their business stuff. And so, yeah, they had a half an hour of guest speaking, and then, and then they did their business stuff. But he invited me to set up a booth. Like that meeting for that league is like the, uh, the uh, OHSBCA clinic beforehand. There's vendors out there and everything, and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll leave you some books if you want to sell them for me, but I, I don't need to set up a booth. Plus, it was snowing like crazy that day on my way home as well. There were wreck accidents on 270 and all that, but it was a heck of a lot of fun. But anyway, that's, that was uh, the last time I actually uh, I've seen a run into Tim, Coach Saunders. So, I, think he, I think he was coaching when Coach Danny Thomas, Danny T., was a, a student at Meg's High School, and because Danny oh, went really? to that state, that state semifinal team was it semi or did they go to the state championship in 1980? What would that have been? Uh, 76 was the last time. Then the, the the previous they made it in 76 and 96 to the state semi. Oh, well, no, Danny well, wouldn't have gone. Sorry, 76 was they made it to the state state championship. Championship. Uh, I'm pretty sure I they were runner up the game that they lost. Yeah, yeah, they lost one. Tonight. So that, yeah, that would, Danny's not that old. He wouldn't have been on the '76 team. And I don't think. But I Tim think, must uh, have coached Danny though. Like, how long did Tim stay after? Just four years. He was just at Megs for four Man. years. I think he. I think it was in the '80s. Uh, so it might have been early '80s. I think that that yeah. Coach Saunders was there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh, that was Coach Harrison. Coach, coach Harrison went to the state. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It, so yes. Tim didn't actually. So Tim did coach Danny. That's that's the connection. That's how I. Because when I was when I was assistant Danny at Megs back in two thousand one, we went up and scrimmaged Dublin Kaufman. It was like Tim Saun, Coach Saunders' second or third year there, and and did you did you, did you play against Brady Brady uh, Quinn? You know what? <laughs> that's a good question. I think you did. There's a good chance we did. did. They were pretty good. Oh, you did. Yeah, our kids yeah. from Mexico. Yeah, he was a good pitcher. Uh, old Buzzy Fackler was on that team, and uh, there was there were some good athletes on that Megs team. But boy, they found out the difference between Division One, you know, big sure. school, big time school. Oh, the facilities were phenomenal too. You know, compared right. to what they were used to. They had nice facilities in Durham. Oh yeah. Now yeah. you you mentioned. Um, it's kind of funny how we get off on tangents and then say some relevant things. You mentioned how uh, uh, Doug, Doug O'Hare is it? I Doug Hare. I think Doug just Hare, H A R E. Yeah. Um, when you present something to someone, the league president, you know, coach, been doing it for a long time, and it doesn't it doesn't align with some of the things that they've, uh-huh. they've done, that they can be offended by that, and. Uh, I think that falls into this idea of I've got this book here. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've ever read this book. It's called The Coaching Life by Chris Stewart. Uh, but chapter four. Not as many people well have read that one. I will tell you that oh, I was the sales have not done as well yeah, on that one. You, no, but I, this I I love this. But I think this you know, this is written directly to coaches whereas building champions yeah yes and building champions is what is kind of fanned out from you know coaches parents uh-huh. players I, and um, i'll be honest with so. you pat i i really i i actually do really like this like i've gone back through and read several chapters of this again and i don't even remember writing some of it that's kind of weird to say that but <laughs> i'm like who wrote that I, I, you know but i 
but I know I I I know that um, there's some you there are a lot of useful things in this, and I'm not trying to sell a book, but I'm actually considering doing this because I think I jumped the gun in putting building champions out there because I continued to write after doing that, and that's and that's why this one came out, and and yet when people choose to like when people choose to buy a book from me or one of my books they they see that building champions has done better and they buy that one that's the first one uh, the, the cover's pretty cool it's got that baseball picture you know and but uh i've actually considered doing a second edition of building champions and including not all the chapters from this but including several the the more impactful chapters from from coaching life in in that book and then re-releasing it as as basically one book instead of because really I you know I the building champions actually still sell sells I mean I get on from from the publishing you know I, I get monthly statements of you know how many how many books sold um, this oh. this one does not sell as much this one is kind of this one is kind of you could get this really cheap right now actually on Amazon I believe. Um, I think the last time I saw it, it was down to maybe seven or eight bucks. So, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's a uh, highway robbery. I I, I, rev- <laughs> I, I look at this book like there's some books that you know that I keep handy, and this is mm-hmm. one of them that I you know go back to and, cool and, and you know different times and pull stuff out of, and I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that, so I must be going it the right way. No, I don't tear some pages yeah, out, things like that. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, it's a great book. And then, like I said, it's for coaches, you know, coaches out there who want to get better. And not just, not just baseball coaches. Oh, no. Or sports coaches. No. But, you know, leaders in general that, you know, that, you know, you're coaching people or yeah. whatever it is. You can pick up this book and uh, at least get some good ideas out of it. But Chapter 4, and then speaking of that, getting good ideas, uh, Chapter 4 uh, is entitled mm-hmm. – what change is not a four-letter word, right? Yes, literally and, and figuratively. A lot of that, a lot of that comes from that initial that that statement is kind of built around this idea that if you hear something that challenges you, you know, something that you believe or uh, have done, uh, that you immediately are offended by that. Yeah, that what you hear. And you want to defend yourself to it as opposed to, you know, listening and, and reviewing and evaluating right. and possibly incorporating that, uh, changing to that or just using it to help you to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it's, um, it's important for people in coaching positions in leadership positions to be able to, I would, I would say that's what leaders are as people that are yeah. constantly growing. I know that you mentioned that in the chapter, but you know, you, that's that you should seek to, to find change. Really. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's coming back to me now where I was at the time when, it, you know, when writing this and this, this chapter, and I, I was thinking particularly because, you know, the sports community in general, but especially the baseball community has traditionally been resistant to change. Like, in fact, when you hear the word tradition, it actually is, it's not synonymous with the word change. Tradition is typically an antonym of change, right? Like you have a tradition, you have a traditional way of doing something and you're going to continue to do it that way. And I'm as much of a purist 
at heart as anyone, right? You and I both are baseball purists, and some of these ridiculous changes that we've seen in the MLB are, are things that we have a hard time with. But at the same time, we have to come, we, you know, we have to come to a realization that, okay, well, for one, some things may be out of our control because things are always changing. Culture is changing. People are changing. Families are changing. Dynamics are changing. Technology is changing, which means there are going to be aspects to our games and the way that we coach them that will have to change. They will have to change. Absolutely. I actually made the statement in, in, you know, on the very first page of this chapter, coaching must change. Sometimes you need to change as the coach, yep. but, but coaching is an, it's gotta be fluid. It really does. And I didn't know that yes. early on. I, you know, and it's one of the reasons I wrote this is again, as a reminder to myself that, uh, I've got to, I've got to continue to grow because that's Absolutely. what, that's what change really is. It, or it, it could go either way. You could, you could deteriorate or you could grow. And, and hopefully the, the kind of change that you're, that you're creating is going in a positive direction. Yeah. I know one of the, uh, uh, to paraphrase a, a statement out of the book, you said that if, you know, a coach that is coaching, a, a coach with 20 years of experience, that's 20 years of growth. And yeah. Because if a coach is, is, has coached the same way, for every year that they've coached for 20 years, they're probably, they're probably not very successful. Yeah. And I would say that that idea of change is, or I guess, you know, variance, you know, we're talking about the way culture has changed and, you know, technology has changed. Everything changes around us. It creates a variance in the way that we have to deal with people and deal with the game and deal with situations. And that is true from a, uh, from a program perspective, it's true from a team perspective, and it's true from an individual perspective. And then also it's true from a game detail perspective, you know, and it's like, I mean, one of the biggest changes that I had to adapt to as a human being, I'm not even exaggerating this, as a human being is the concept of the direction of the swing and the fact that a swing does not go down, it comes up that was such a huge change for me. And that was, that's a change in baseball too, because there was a, a, a short period of time for, for a, for a reason. For some people, a short period of time, for some people, they're still, they're still shouting that from the rooftops, like Alex Rodriguez. And they are, but here's, but, but here's what I'll say. Okay. Oh, I just knocked my camera. Here's what I'll get say. Fired up over there. Now. So, so there was a, there was, there's a, there's an evolution for me happening from, you know, okay. You're, you're chopping down, you're getting, creating that backswing on the baseball. So it goes farther, you know, uh, to, okay, you're swinging up the swings, finishing up. You're, you're, you're actually trying to hit the, the, the bottom half of the ball because of the angle that it's coming in. So you're swinging up, but now I've changed a little bit more Going back around. And, uh, well, not everyone needs to hear the same that story. Thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, you, there may be yeah. kids that need to hear, Hey, see the top yeah. of the baseball swing down, feel yourself swinging down on the yep. ball. And I think that's and what, that's I what think Alex that's Rodriguez what a rod is doing. Yeah. And I think yeah, I've absolutely. even heard him kind of adjust the way that he explains that in recent day, in recent years to where he's basically saying, that's what you feel, right? You have to, you have to, you, you can't feel yourself coming from, from here, from here up right 
Right. You, you got to feel yourself coming. You know. You know. It. It. You, it feels like you're coming down, even though the plane of that of that swing is actually going up, because but you're meeting. You're match. You're trying it. to match it with the plane of the ball. Right. The plane that the pitch right, is coming. Correct. Yeah, but that's why I like Kevin Wilson so much because mm-hmm. I, I think his his approach to hitting a draft is just is just amazing. Yep. What do you uh, feel? Because he tell me what you feel. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's talking. Okay, I'm going to teach this hitter. Yep. The I'm not person. Teach, you know, uh, you know, this concept. Uh, a, a way gonna, to go. Up, right? A method. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. It's. It, so I'm not going to have a teaching. I'm going to be a teacher. And that's yeah. well, I tell you what, you, you talk about a, a, a point to remember. If anybody's got a pen and they're writing and taking any notes, take this note down. People will always be more likely to follow a teacher than they will be to follow a teaching. They will remember yeah. a teacher much longer than they'll ever remember a teaching. Your teachings might be really good and you might be really excited about your, your methods and the things that you teach and your, your ideas, but they're not going to remember those. They're going to remember you. They're going to remember the teacher. And that's, that's the difference maker. You ask any of these students in this university who their favorite professors are, it's the people that they, that they remember. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the lessons. There are some lessons yeah. that are really good that they'll remember, but, that, but it's usually the person behind those lessons as well. And that's, that's oh, why that Kevin Wilson allows. is so appealing. Yeah, I agree. And it, it allows them to go back. You know, when you, it gives them that, uh, that, that focal point of the, who the person is, who they were, and re- to be able to remember mm-hmm. what they were able to, to take from those people. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's a secret to, um, that's a secret to grief when you, mm. when you lose a loved one, mm. is being able to focus on, do you remember you know, who that person was to you and what they brought to you? That's a great and point. That's what, I mean, that's how you're drawn. Like, you know, the, you know, so often we remember that person, but because of, of the loss, it hurts us so much. Yeah. And you know, one of the, well, it's, 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 uh, it's gratitude over anxiety, right? Gratitude over, uh, um, disappointment yeah. that, you know, you think of the good things that that person brought you, but it's easier to remember those things when you, when you have that individual, that you that you really like and that you, know, yeah. that, you that you're drawn to. So, yeah, it's, it's that's Jesus' way of doing things, right? Yep. yep. Jesus loves people. Always you comes know? back to him he, for us, doesn't it? Yeah, there's right. a reason I mean, he, for that. He, he did he did great things. Did he do great things so that people could know how great he was? No, he didn't because he loved people and he wanted them to love him, right? Yeah. And it, and why did he do that? Because he has something that he wants to give everyone that loves him. Yeah. But he knew that, you know, he just couldn't make them do it. He couldn't, he couldn't force them to do it. He had to bring them with him. Yeah. So that's, you know, Good word. It's, it's that certain, it's that servant, servant attitude. But yeah. Uh, how do we get there? Right. So we mentioned methods well, and principles. Well, we I want, mentioned methods. I, okay, I, well, yeah. I want, I want to go back to that quote that you referred to at the beginning of this whole little segment because it, the experience. Yes. It, the the actual like well the actual quote has been attributed to a handful of different people I think the, the Stephen Covey might have been the last one that I saw the one that I see most often but the quote is some people say that they have twenty years experience when in reality they have one year's experience repeated twenty times and mm. I think I think the way I paraphrase it in the book was there's a difference between twenty years experience and the same experience twenty years in a row and yeah. you know you know there are people who who say I've got 20, you know, I should, I should get this job or I should be 
this person because, you know, I should be in this role because I've got 20 years experience. But you got to ask yourself, do you really have 20 years experience like of continuing right. to, of continuing to move up, continuing to grow? Yeah. Or do you have, have you been doing the same thing for 20 years? Cause that's, that's different. That's different. Yeah. Your, your, your competency level hasn't increased yeah. if you're doing the same thing. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and it comes down sure. to, for coaches, it comes down to, are you still teaching things the exact same way now that you were 20 years ago? Because if you are, I promise you this, your game has changed in 20 years. Whatever game you're coaching, it's changed and your kids have changed. I mean, granted, not, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about the individual kid. I'm talking about people in general that are now your kids. They're different today than they were 20 years ago. Their experiences at home are different. Their experiences in school are different. What the culture is teaching them is different. Our government is different now. So many things are, ch- are different, and we can't control that. But what we can control is how we adapt and how we make the changes that are necessary so that we can connect with these, with these young people that we're trying to lead and guide in our sport but also in life. Absolutely. And that's, the, that's when we get into the method and principle yes. conversation because you know obviously the principles um are steadfast you know in most cases i mean you can break it down into a into a smaller level where you're talking about uh you know game strategy and you know mechanical improvement and things like that where you know principles don't mean as much but you know when you when you think about you know things like you know dignity and integrity and you know uh, mm-hmm living living the right way and being the best person you could be those are those are the types of principles that you're trying to get across to these kids these players that you're coaching and you can't do that the same way yeah from one from one decade to the next and you can't do it the same way from one kid to the next it's all it's you know it's sure some change from, from from one to from one to the other yeah and you fa- got to keep that in mind in fact it, it had like methods have to change Right. And that's the big difference between principles and methods is principles never change. Like if you get, if you're, if you're operating on a principle, it shouldn't change. Like you should be, you should be strong in your principles. And there are aspects about our games that we, that we play that you notice I'm hesitating and saying will never change. Right. Because we could be surprised someday, but, uh, but there are some principles to the game, like to the game of baseball, that have not changed, you know, you're still pitching from 60 feet, six inches. Now, will they move that back someday? They might, right? The plate's still 17 inches. There's still, there's still 90 feet between bases, although it's a little shorter in the MLB because they, they made those huge bases. I guess guess there have been some things, but you know, those are, but there, there are certain rules to the game and the way the game is played, right? You hit the ball, you hit the ball and you run to first base, right? Those are, those are all, you know, those, those are principles that will not change, but the way you teach the way a player runs to first base probably should change if, you know, from, uh, from what you were teaching 20 years ago, if you discover that there's a faster way to get there, right? And so that's yeah, what we mean absolutely. by continuing, like, like you, you will not know how to make changes if you don't continue to grow and change yourself. And, right. And that's, that's yeah, all you, got, you, need to, you need to seek that change. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that, yeah, I, I think I used an example about like some a, a method that changed for me. You know, the difference between principles and methods, 
And one at one point in my coaching career, I just made a conscious decision to change something. And it was, uh, yeah, here it is. There's some things that I strongly believed and held held firm to when I first began coaching. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about when I was 28, 29, 30 years old, right? In, in even in even further beyond that, probably even into my into my late thirties, I I had this rule that well, it was sort of a it was sort of a rule of thumb that I felt like I needed to always keep parents at a distance, mm-hmm. and so I always so I said I will not have any conversation with parents. I had a policy, so I, it's like it was going to be impossible for me to be friends with any parents of the kids that I coached, and so it was a no conversation with parents policy. My, basically, my my method was that I will I will communicate everything that needs to be communicated to the players. It's the player's responsibility to communicate to their parents that if that, and my, my thought was, okay, so here was sort of the principle behind the method. The principle was that if I have a conversation with the parent, then, and that conversation was like positive and good humored, you know, somebody, somebody else on the team saw me hanging out with this parent, right? Then it might be perceived by others that I like that kid, I like that parent's kid more, and I'm going to give them special treatment. And it might even be perceived by that parent that I should give their kid special treatment because I'm their friend and I hang out with them, right? And so I just kept everybody at a at a distance, and I said we're not gonna we're not gonna have any conversations whatsoever. And then I realized that that's probably not a great approach. Are you still there, Pat? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, because your your video's frozen on my screen, and oh, you're not oh, now. Man. It just woke up. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just and that it makes no difference. Like it's like what I see isn't what actually gets put out on the podcast. Okay. What you're All seeing right. of you is what gets put out there because it's recording to your phone, and I'm just getting a I'm getting a cloud stream version just so that I can see you and talk to you. Uh, gotcha. But anyway, no. Yeah. I, so yeah, I I just. Uh, I came to a point where I'm like, that's dumb. Like this is, this, this is a, like, that's a dumb, like I get the principle, right? The principle makes sense to me, but, but that method isn't necessary Mm -hmm. in order to uphold that principle. And, and so I changed that and I, and I realized, no, I've got to develop relationships with parents. We need our greatest asset in sports. The sports that we coach are the parents of our kids that we pl- that, that are playing for us, right? That's our, they're our greatest asset. They're going to be our greatest volunteers when we need volunteers for things to help with things. And so even though I still did not want to be persuaded by a parent to play their kid more or whatever, you know, and I didn't want the perception to be out there that I liked this person more than you, uh, you know, I, those were still principles that I wanted to hold to. I did not, right. I, I, I changed my method though. And I, and I went ahead and had conversations with them because I also realized that, you know, let's be honest, high school kids, junior high age kids, they're not always the greatest communicators. Okay. So as much as you want to say, it's your responsibility to communicate to your parents. Uh, if we have parents listening, you know, you don't always get that communication, do you? Or even worse, sometimes the communication is incomplete, right? They, they give you part of the story or they give you, and so, you know, your parents are adults and you're an adult. And so we ought to be able to be adults and have, you know, conversations when we need to. And so that's just one example of, of over the years, the, how the method changed for me. You know, I, I, I had a hard line and decided that, that 
Um, even though I want to continue to uphold the principle, you know, of this is you know, this is the team that I'm coaching, which means I've got to make the decisions about what we do, our strategy, who's playing, who's not, things like that. Uh, yet, I really value you as as mom and dad of this of this child who's playing on this team as well, and we really need uh, your support. In, in every way of this team. We know, we know that we have your support of your child. Like there's no, there's no, I mean, I, I guess it's not always that way, unfortunately, but for the most part, the parents are going to support their individual child. We need your support of the team. And, and there's no way that you're going to be able to build that if you don't, if you don't talk, if you don't have conversations, yeah. if you don't communicate. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, that's a, that's a principle in itself trying to, you know, of wanting to, uh, create that type of unity yeah. amongst parents of the team, you know, so that, so that everyone is, is going in the same direction so that, you know, so there you got, you know, you're thinking, well, how do I do that? Yeah. And at the same time, you know, maintain this principle of, you know, not, not appearing as if I'm favoring one kid over another because of a relationship I have with their parent or grandparent or, or, or whatever it is, you have to adapt to it. Yep. So that's that's something that you evaluate as you as you go through the season or seasons, and you think about you know what you can do to to make each one uh, to maintain each one, but at the same time allow each one to to, to coexist. There's there's so many examples mm-hmm. of these things. I think you know you can't even. That's why if you if you think about if you if you haven't changed coaching in a number of years. It's it's almost impossible to do that if you're if you're if you're if you're striving to be the best that you can be because yeah. there's always going to be something that you think you could have done better and that has trickles you know the trick trickles down to impact other things. Well, so there's a there's, good chance if you, there's a good chance if you haven't changed in many years of coaching that you're frustrated right now, and then you might you might be yes, thinking about getting point. out of it right because you 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 will if you the have, kids don't listen right they're not the same <laughs> exactly. I can't connect to these kids anymore, right? They're not the same. They won't listen. They won't. And usually if you've got a really frustrated coach who uh, yeah. is, is, gets angry about this generation and why, you know, and, and this, this group of kids are impossible to coach, it's, it, listen, I'm going to be really honest. I, I get it. I, I, I totally get it. But we still got to find a way. We yeah, got to find a way. So. And so that means, yeah, so, yeah. Here's the answer. It's Jocko's answer. Good. That gives me a chance. To, yeah, that gives me a chance to grow too, and find a way that I can connect with 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 people of a new generation and inspire them to be the best that they can be. You know, rather than you know, rather than just throwing up your hands and saying it's somebody else's job, look in the mirror and say, hmm, maybe the issue is mine. I don't like where we're going. Like I don't necessarily like where the culture is going. You know, you're you're becoming older and you're getting a little set in your ways. But if you want, if if you still have the passion and the desire to coach, then you have you have to change. You have to make changes. You got to make adjustments. There are going to be things that you've got to do differently than what you really. So ask yourself: Is this is is this a principle or is this a method? The way I talk to it to, to my church about it with you know, I said you know, it, 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 as as Christians. As churches, we really need to realize that there are things that we believe and there, there are things that we believe and hold fast to and there are things that we value, that we enjoy doing, but, but there, other people might do them differently and that's okay. And I think for years, one of the big problems in the church was 
that we felt like there was a whole bunch of things in this closed fist hand. So the, I, I call it closed hand versus open hand. In the closed hand are essentials. These are things that we've got to believe. Or, or you, you can't, I mean, you, you can't say you're a Christian if you don't hold on to these things, right? And right, they're, yep. not, they're not as many things in that fist as what people, as what his, historically the church has tried to put in there, right? It was the whole issue of the New Testament. Right. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people tried to put a whole bunch of things in there that didn't belong there. And Jesus said, no, there's, there's freedom in these areas. You know, you might, you might want to do things this way. That's great. You've got the freedom to do that. But somebody else may not want to, right? And so uh, I, in, in that chapter, in fact, I think I liken it to ice cream. The sports that we coach, right? The sports that we coach are like ice cream. They're awesome. I love ba- baseball is ice cream. And there are a lot of ways, there are, there are a lot of flavors out there. Flavors of teams, flavors of methods, right? Flavors of, and, and you might not prefer one flavor over, like everybody has their preference for how they're going to do things. Every team has its own feel to it, right? Its own flavor. And you might be like, oh, I hate that. I hate Rocky Road and mint chocolate chip. Can't we just do vanilla, right? Why can't we just do vanilla? Well, that's great. You like vanilla, but here's the thing, bud. It's all ice cream. Ice cream is good, right? It's, it's, it's ice cream. And that's, and that's what we have to remember is that sometimes it might just be a different flavor than yours. Travel ball is a flavor. High school ball is a flavor. Recreation yeah. ball is a flavor, you know? club balls of flavor and it just it's but it's but we're all we're all coaching ice cream <laughs> we're all it coaching. becomes even more granular than that it does know, by person uh, oh yeah like how color. do you eat it right like like if, yeah yeah exactly. I, I tell you I, one quote that i had in here I, I i i talked about how i boy it's all coming back to me now i i, I talked about how i uh I used to say, and I, I will still catch myself saying this sometimes, boy, that team plays the game the right way. Boy, yeah. they, play, they play the right way. You ever say that? What's that look like? Is there one right way to play? And I, I know what I'm thinking when I say that. Like, I see people hustle, you know, all out yeah, hustle. talking about two or three behaviors. Talking about some behaviors. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, a, a team that doesn't. It doesn't hoot and holler as much, you know, and, and they just kind of, you know, like watching, a, watching a, a guy score a touchdown and hand the ball to the ref as opposed to the choreographed dances and things like that. I might look at that and say, oh, look, that guy that handed the ball to the ref, he does it the right way, right? What makes it the right yeah. way? It, it's my preference. For me, that's eating ice cream out of a cone versus somebody who eats it out of a bowl. It's still ice cream. It's, st- it's still a great yeah. game. It's still a lot of fun. And it just might not, I just might not prefer to eat it the way that guy does. And the, the, really the better coaches I would, I would venture to say are the ones that have, you know, a vast knowledge of all those different methods and are able to tie the correct method that they need to that group of people mm. that they're trying to motivate and lead in that season. In that season. Yeah, see, yes. Yeah. It's going to be different next year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, right. You're every, you know, they're, I mean, Team chemistry, team personality changes from year to year, for sure. Absolutely. So you know you, you can't. It's you. You have to adapt to that. That's it's a, it's a great chapter. It's a great uh, it's a great concept, and uh, you know that's why you know you and I continuously want to read and research, and yeah, that's why we're here today to 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 send send the word out to everybody else. You know, continue to grow. And continue to seek change. Change is not a four-letter word. 
and sometimes there are multiple right ways to do something, right? I actually say that all yeah. the time in baseball. I mean, you know, we, we can no longer say, look at one kid's swing and say, you need to make your swing look like that kid, right? right. Because that's the right swing. There are right. some principles that we want to make sure that, that are consistent in everybody's swing, but boy, they look different. You know, pitching mechanics, they look a lot different. And there are some yeah. principles. But you know what? If, if, if you got a kid that gets up there and he's hitting 650 and he's got 10 home runs on the season, and there's, you know, swings junk. Some of the. Oh, I know. Some of the ugliest, some of the ugliest swings I've ever seen. You could put a rake in some kid's hand, and he'd go up there and hit a base hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, good talk to you. Well, I know you've got to get to a meeting, but we we gave you about five minutes to spare. To spare there. Yeah, you got to get to feeling better. You got the post cruise uh, yuck going on there. Sounds like. (laughs) I think my uh, allergies kicked in early. My my body got all switched up within that in that warm weather. Yeah. I'll be back soon enough. Back like you never left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Go Brock right, Purdy. I can't say go 49ers. There's no way anyone is saying go <laughs> go Chiefs. So I'm not a 49ers fan, but I really like Brock Purdy. I, I, I love Bobberry. Yeah, I, I like the story that Parker story. told us about his his family, and and we, we it's obvious that, that he's a, a a very God centered human being, and so yeah, go, absolutely go get him. Work out for him. See you, guys. Yep. <laughs>